0: Now, in this series, we've been talking about Our heart. And we're talking about that thing inside of us that says, oh, man, that touched my heart or that breaks my heart or my heart goes out to you. The Bible calls your heart the center of your life. What that means is if it's the center of your life, you parent from your heart, you date from your heart, you fall in love from your heart, you lead, you spend money from your heart, it's the epicenter of who you are. That's why Solomon, and we've been looking at this verse every week in Proverbs 4.23, said, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do comes from it. Everything flows from it. Um, If we don't learn to guard our hearts, we're in for a rough life Because we've been saying this week in and week out We all try to monitor our words, we all try to monitor our behavior But would anybody admit that sometimes your monitor malfunctions And you say something or do something that you didn't really mean Did I just say those words out loud? I've done that a couple of times And we say, where'd that come from? Jesus would say it came from our heart Um, Last week we looked at the first of four monsters that invade our hearts And and they take up lodging there And the first monster um, that, that... If you don't don't resolve this, then then you're in for a a tough life. Um, It was guilt, and guilt says, I owe you. I've done something to hurt you, and I owe you something. Um, Maybe an apology, something I owe you for. And we all said that nobody likes it when other people try to guilt us into doing something we don't want to do. But here's what we don't realize. If we don't resolve guilt in our own hearts, we are carrying that weight from relationship to relationship. It will infect everything that we go through, every relationship that we ever have. And so the Bible says there's a spiritual habit that you can develop that will help you take off that weight of guilt. And that habit is confession, not to God but to the person we wronged. You confess your sins to God, but if you've wronged another person, God says, quit telling me and go tell them. Um, and if possible, you make restitution. If you'll develop the habit of consistently confessing um, to another person that you've wronged, guilt will never take hold in your heart and you won't have those issues. Today, our monster is called anger. How many of you know what it's like to be angry? How many of you know what it's like to carry anger for years? If you don't know how to carry anger, how many of you know someone who's carrying anger? Are they just a joy to be around, angry people? Um, The problem with angry people is the slightest thing can set them off. And after a while, you may say, I I, I don't think I'm the problem. I think think maybe they're just angry. They blame me, but I don't feel like I've done anything that justifies this level of volcanic eruption that's jumping out of their heart at me. Well, i got good news for you today. If you've been carrying anger, if somebody you love carries anger, the Bible says you don't have to carry it. In fact, the Bible says that you were never designed by God to carry your anger for very long without it doing serious damage to your heart, the center of your being. And God's Word is going to show us another habit today. Each week we're going to talk about a monster. We're going to talk talk about a habit from God's Word that will help you deal with that monster. And this habit today comes in Ephesians chapter 4. If you want to turn there, go ahead and turn there. Now Paul wrote this, and, and Paul's words give us hope because, listen to this, Paul knew what it was like to be hurt, to be mistreated, abandoned, falsely imprisoned. And let me just tell you this, you never want to get into a competition of, oh, you think that's bad, listen to what happened to me with the apostle Paul, because let me give you an example. The Bible says that Paul was shipwrecked three times, not, not stranded in a boat, I've done that, not stranded in the lake when the boat goes off, shipwrecked three times. How many of you have been shipwrecked once? It says one of those times he spent a whole 24 hours, a night and day in the ocean. How many of you been stranded in the ocean? You can't compete with Paul. On top of that, it says he was, he was beaten with whips five times. Now, when you were beaten in Jewish times, it was 39 lashes. The law actually said you could give someone 40 lashes, but they would go 39 in case they miscounted. They didn't want to violate God's law. So five times he was beaten 39 lashes with a whip. How many of you have been beaten once with a whip 39 times? No. It says another time, another three times he was beaten with rods. So instead of the whip, there are these metal rods, not metal, probably wooden rods. I don't know what they were made out of, but they would beat him 39 lashes. How many of you have been beaten with rods 39 times? Nobody. How many of you have been stoned? Wait, 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 no. How many of you have had rocks thrown at you? I don't want to, this is new life. Um, I recognize that. So how many of you have had rocks thrown at you till they thought you were dead, not stoned? We'll just call it rocked. How many of you have been rocked? no one, then you can't compete with Paul. See, here's the deal. Paul was in prison for saying Jesus is Lord. And this letter, these words that we're going to read are written from prison, not from Cancun. He wasn't on the beach. So he understands what he's talking about when he writes these words. And and here's what he's going to tell us. See, what this means is, because he's writing these, these words from prison, it means that circumstances don't have to rule your heart. You can get rid of anger in spite of circumstances. So here it is. Anger isn't an issue of circumstances. It's an issue of the heart because it's an issue of the heart. You have the ability to decide whether anger is going to take up residence or whether you're going to throw that anger away. And if you aren't motivated to get rid of your anger, I guarantee you, the people who live with you are motivated for you to get rid of your anger. Now, that should be it. I I know that's right, baby, but don't do it because then we would need marriage counseling. Casey and and Sherry are here. You know, if you you were thinking it and they looked at you before you said it and you need marriage counseling, see Casey and Sherry afterwards or I'm available. Because if you say, I know that's right, baby, you need to get rid of your anger. Oh, oh, Jesus is coming right then. (laughs) Now, the people around you are tired of your anger jumping out, that monster coming out and ripping their lips off. Now, listen to this. this is, Paul says this, and this is awesome. He gives us a command. He says, be angry. And some of you are going, I am. Some of this, this could be your life verse for some of you. Why are you so angry? Baby, it's in the Bible. I'm just obeying the word of God. Some of you should have a t-shirt, be angry. Or maybe a bumper sticker or a tattoo. Put that on your bicep. Be angry. <laughs> Or put it on your foot. That's another great placement, I, I guess. I, I don't do tattoos, but that's it. Or, or some of you should tattoo be angry across your forehead. Actually, you don't have to. They already know you're angry. They know. And that, that anger comes out and it's destroying things. Now, see, the, the, the Bible is so practical. God knows you're going to get angry, God gets angry. So anger isn't sin. It's what you do with your anger that determines whether it becomes sin and whether it becomes lodged in your heart. So, so look at the next part of the verse. Be angry, yet do not sin. Oh, no. Be angry. I can do that. Can you be angry and not sin? Can you be angry and not hurt someone? Can you be angry and not lash out at someone? Hmm. And then Paul gives us this word picture, very popular word picture of that day, Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Y'all heard that one? That actually came from popular uh, uh, saying of their day. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So what he's saying is, don't let today's anger infect tomorrow. Don't let yesterday's anger infect today. And and if you want a translation, here's what it means. It means carry your anger as short a time as possible. Carry your anger as short a time as possible. And here's, here's how I explain that. Got a picture here of some hot coals. How many of you want to handle those hot coals right now? Or walk across them? Nobody? Okay. So let's just just go with me. Just go with me. Let's say you had a fire yesterday, which you'd be insane and you'd be locked up because it's Texas in the summer. I get that. But let's just pretend you had a fire yesterday and today you were going to clean out all of the ashes. And in cleaning out the ashes, let's say you were going to use a trash bag because it's a bunch of ashes, and you pour it in there, and you don't realize that you got some hot coals in there. And so it's so big, you're carrying this big old bag of of ashes with hot coals in it, and all of a sudden you start smelling it's burning through the trash bag. And and your wife says, hey, honey, what does that smell? Well, it's the hot coals. And then all of a sudden it gets to your hands and you start smelling this burning flesh. Honey, what's that smell? Oh, it's just these coals. They're burning my hands. Well, get rid of them. No, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready to let go of these hot coals yet. Hello? Is that foolish? Just as foolish to carry anger. That's what the scripture is telling us don't carry your anger any longer than you have to. The Bible says, be angry in the moment, but don't carry that anger into the future. Don't carry those coals into the future. And, and y'all have heard this applied to marriage, right? Don't let the sun go down in your anger. I can't tell you how many times, and it's usually Janie's the one that's pestering me, but we'll talk till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning to try to resolve an issue. That's an issue between us, but what if it's not an issue between us? What if it's an issue with... Somebody that died five years ago. I'm not going to be able to resolve that before the sun goes down. What do you do with those issues that you can't resolve before the sun goes down? Paul says, get rid of them as soon as possible. And then he says, whatever you do, don't carry those hot coals from relationship to relationship. And he's going to tell us why in the next part of the verse. Do not give the devil an opportunity. You may want to write this in because this is what the Greek word for devil means. It means accuser. There is an enemy, like a prosecuting attorney, who is investigating your life and accusing you. And he says, don't give this accuser, and then the word for opportunity literally means a place. What person in their right mind that's being sued would invite the accusing attorney to live with them? That's what the Bible says. When you carry anger, you're opening the door to the accuser, and you're giving them a place to live in your life. Now, most Americans believe in God, but very few believe in the devil. But Jesus believed in the devil. He talked about the devil. Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, believed in the devil. All the New Testament writers believed in the devil. I believe in the devil. And I and you have seen evil in this world that can't be explained other than if there's demonic activity. But here's the thing. Paul is saying getting angry is not the problem. It's when you carry anger that you open the door to the devil, the accuser. You invite him into your heart. Come on in. Make yourself comfortable because I'm going to give you a place to live in my heart so you can influence me, so you can influence the direction of my life. It's like if your heart were a steering wheel, you toss the keys to the accuser and say, drive me wherever you want me to go. You're in control. Now, that seems foolish, right? If this guy were to show up at your door today... Would you say, hey, honey, the tree trimmer's outside, and I think he needs a snack. Come on in. Here's my chair. Prop your feet up. Make yourself at home. Would you do that? No. That's what you do when you carry anger for more than a day. You open the door to the accuser, and he will poison your heart and influence all of your decisions and influence all of your relationships. Whether you believe in the devil or not, you know angry people who destroy folks around them with their free-flowing anger. It's like a wildfire that consumes everything. See, the cause of their unpredictable wildfire behavior, according to the Bible, is that the person who is carrying anger throws the door open to the accuser and says, live here, make yourself at home with me and make me and everybody around me miserable. That's what the scripture says. Now, I told you last week, each of these monsters creates a debt-debtor relationship. So last week, we said guilt says I owe you. I've done something wrong. I owe you something. Anger says you owe me. Now, think about this anger thing. Um... You may have a legitimate concern. You, somebody may owe you something. For example, if you think you're going to get a promotion and your, your boss says you're first in line to get the promotion and then your boss gets the promotion because he's been lying to you and he wanted, you've been violated. You, you had the right to expect your boss to be truthful with you, right? You have a right to be angry in that situation. Or let's say that you're... Um, Your spouse promised you and God to live with you until death do us part, and then they walked away. They lied to you. You have a right to be angry. They stole your marriage. They stole your security. They stole your future. If you had a parent leave you, maybe you're angry because you're like, you should have been at all of my ball games. You should have been at all of my stuff. You have a right to be angry because they stole that from you. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you repeat this. Listen to this. You have a right to be angry. According to Scripture, you do not have a right to stay angry. So I want you to say, I have a right to be angry. I, right be angry. I, do, not right angry. I do not have a right to stay angry. If you don't remember anything else, remember that today. And here's the deal. Anger is more than an open door. It's an open ledger. It's an open account. It's a bank account with the person who offended you with their name at the top, and you are keeping records, and it says right here, you owe me, and I'm going to make you pay. And here's the bad thing with anger. Not only am I going to make you pay, I'm going to make you pay more than what you did to me. And until I say so, you owe me. As long as you're carrying anger, that account is open. And as bad as it is to let the sun go down on your anger, it's even worse to let the sun go down on a season of your life. You finish one season, you're about to start a new season, but instead of starting fresh, you're carrying that nasty, mean monster of anger into the new season of life. So like you get hurt in childhood, you carry that into your teenage years. You get hurt in your teenage years in high school, you carry that into college. You, you, You get hurt in college, you carry that into your first marriage. You, you, you're you're hurting your first marriage and you carry that into your second, your third marriage, whatever. You're carrying something that you were never designed to carry from season to season. And here's the first danger that you run the risk of self-destructing your new relationships because of your old anger. This is one of the reasons I say, this is what I say. And, and I, I don't know that anybody has ever listened to this, but I'm going to say it again. It's one of the reasons why I say divorced people should not even begin to date for at least a year From the time their divorce is finished because you need to make sure you're not carrying anger and hurting that new relationship now here's the second danger when you move from one season to another without resolving anger it's very easy to lose sight of the source of that anger new season new people same old angry you you think he makes me angry or was it her or was it him wait a minute i'm confused who makes me angry oh i know everybody makes me angry Your anger from a previous season has influenced this. And and who who is the common denominator of all the seasons of your life? You. So just like you can carry guilt from season to season, you can carry anger from season to season. And at some point when you're carrying this anger, you're going to find somebody close to you and you're going to say, you did this to me, it's all your fault. And at some point that new person is going to say, I don't think so. I think you were angry before I met you. I think you brought anger into this relationship. You were angry before we got married. You were angry before we had kids. You were angry before you had this new job. I don't think I'm the problem. Some of you carried your anger so long, you don't even know that it's your heart that's the problem. You don't even realize Satan is steering your life. And it's because you tossed in the keys and said, Here, Satan, control me. <laughs> God says, don't carry your anger for a day. Don't carry it for a season. Why? Because you're blaming new people for your old anger. And they feel helpless because their name isn't even on the account. They can't give you permission to close that account because their name isn't on it. Go to a bank and try to cancel someone's account that your name's not on. Try that one. I asked Brad in the first service, Brad, you going to let somebody come cancel an account that has my name on it that's not me? No. If you're... If you're engaged to an angry person, get out. (laughs) Now, run. I don't care how cute they are. I don't care how in love you are. Run now because you're either going to get over it now or they're going to crush it out of you later with their anger. Get out. See, this account is wide open. Their name is not on it. Your name is not on it, but they're going to blame you. You will be the problem, and no matter how hard you try or how many times you apologize, this account can never be closed by you because your name isn't on it. They don't even know they're carrying this anger, but they blame the closest person to them in the new season of life. Now, if you were God and you saw all this destruction that anger caused, what would you say to you if you were God? Would you say, oh, just just leave it unresolved. Just carry that monster the rest of your life, or would you say, get rid of it? Hello? Get rid of it. Well, Paul tells us that in Ephesians 4, 31. He says, get rid of all bitterness. How much bitterness? And then this actually applies to all of these. Get rid of all rage, all anger, all brawling, all slander, along with every form of malice. Get rid of it all. If you have stinky trash in your house, what do you do with it? I think I'll just hang on to it because I love the smell. No. You get rid of it. You throw it away. Paul says, do that with your anger. But it's not that simple because see what happened to me was, and Paul's going to say, stop right there. No matter what you tell me, I'm the guy who's been shipwrecked and beaten and, and I'm in prison for saying Jesus is the Lord. You're in prison because you chose to be in prison to your anger. Paul's going to say, whatever you tell me, I'm going to say, get rid of it. But, but get rid of it. <laughs> It's just not that simple. If you were diagnosed with cancer, would you spend the next 10 years trying to figure out how you got the cancer or would you say, I want to get rid of it? When it comes to issues of the heart, we spend so much time trying to figure out how did I get in this? Who's to blame? Defending my own actions. It can't be my fault. Instead of saying, I just want to get rid of it. We need some Christ followers who say, I'm so sick of carrying this anger. I don't even care who's to blame anymore. I just want it gone. Some of you are thinking this already. If I let go of it, I'm letting them off the hook. They hurt me and they owe me. So let's just throw this out there. A couple of things. Getting rid of anger bypasses fairness and being paid back. Let's just throw that out there. You get rid of the anger, it's going to bypass this. Because it's far more valuable to you and the people around you for you to get rid of anger than for you to get paid back. Besides, how can they pay you back for a missed opportunity? Now, look what Paul says next. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Oh, here it is. How, how do I get rid of anger? Forgiving each other. Well, if I forgive, that's not fair. The Bible says forgive. And here's what forgiveness is forgive means to cancel a debt. You don't owe me anymore. You should have been there when I was growing up. You weren't. You don't owe me. You should have stayed in the marriage. You didn't. You do not owe me. Forgiveness closes the door to the accuser. You're slamming the door shut. You don't get in my heart. You're guarding your heart when you forgive. No matter whose name is on that account, forgiveness closes that account. Forgiveness breaks the power of anger, and it's the only thing that breaks the power of anger. Every week I said, you're going to push back. You're going to hear something and you're going go, that can't be what God means. And some of you are thinking, God can't possibly want me to forgive because my situation is different. Then the next part of the, if that's how you think, the next part of the verse is for you. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, maybe if it said, just as Doug forgives, or maybe as Casey forgives, or Travis, or Justin, or Jeff, or Tammy, maybe, maybe if it said, as those people forgive, maybe you can hold on to your anger, but it doesn't say that, does it? It says, as in Christ God forgave you. Please, please tell me your story again. Well, okay, if you're going to say it that way, then all right. Nobody's perfect, so maybe I'm 3 to 5% to blame, but they're 95 to 97% to blame, and that's why I'm so angry. What percentage did Jesus have in your sin? Give me a number. What percentage did Jesus have in your sin? Zero. You had an open account. The Bible says you were dead in your trespasses and sins. God said, they can't even begin to pay me back. But I can't turn my back on sin, so what am I going to do? God came up with a solution because you and I couldn't. He said, I'm going to send my perfect sinless son to become sin for all of the people who have an account against me. And this is what makes Christianity unique. There is no other religion, no other religion, where God does for the people what they could not do for themselves. There's no other religion besides Christianity. It's what makes it unique where Jesus, God's son, says, I'm going to step out of heaven. I'm going to pay for their sins. I've studied all these religions. There's no other one. And God says, anybody, no no matter how guilty, no matter how angry, no matter how sin-stained, if they will bow to Jesus Christ, I will cancel their debt and remember their sins no more. Oh, wow. Tell me your story again. Oh, well, I'm, I'm 5%. No. See, when you look at God, you say, God, if you can forgive my, if you can cancel my debt, I can cancel anybody else's debt. And here's the problem. When you focus on your hurt, all you can see is they owe me. When you focus on the cross, all you can see is I deserve to pay for my sin. It's your focus that determines whether you're going to get rid of your anger. So, you could be mad at your dad for the rest of your life. Could he ever pay you back? Could he go back? Can you go back and live your elementary school years again? Can you, can you go to graduation again? Can you have your first child again? Can he walk you to, Can you go back? No. And God says, since what you're wanting is impossible, why don't you cancel the debt so that you can be set free? See, when you say debt canceled, the poison begins to drain out of your heart. And you're not letting them off the hook. You're guarding your heart from the dangerous consequences of sin and letting Satan, the accuser, live there. Now, if you want to get rid of anger, you need to ask two questions and you need to make two decisions. That's the next thing on your listening guide. First question you need to ask is, with whom are you angry? See, when you carry anger for too long, you forget. And according to the Bible, 24 hours is too long to carry your anger. You forget the source of your anger. And you're tempted to look around in your immediate vicinity and say, he makes me angry, she makes me angry. They, they're all in this room. Everybody that makes me angry is right here. No, you need to go back a season or two in your life and ask the same question. Who was I mad at then? Who made me angry back then? Because I've been carrying it so long, I forgot the source. Avoid the trap of looking in your immediate vicinity for your anger issues. Because you've probably been carrying it from season to season. Second question you need to ask is, what did they owe you? What do they owe me? You know what they did, but what specifically did they take? See, until you answer this question, you may go through the motion of forgiveness, but you may never experience freedom, and that's because general forgiveness doesn't heal specific hurts. I forgive, I forgive, I forgive that popcorn forgiveness. Oh, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. When when there's something lodged in your heart because the accuser has it there. So so what do they owe you? An apology, money, time, marriage, family, job, a reputation? Be specific because you cannot cancel a debt until you've clearly identified what that debt is. Now, a lot of people skip this step when we're in Celebrate Recovery or some Christ-centered 12-step program. um, People skip this step. This is going to take some time, and some of you may need to start a list. You may need to have a ledger Let's write to the list. You may may need to carry it around for a couple of weeks until everything that you feel they owe you, that they took from you, is identified clearly. Two questions. With whom am I angry? What do they owe me? Then the third thing, it's decision time. I cancel the debt. Once, Once you know what they owe, you have to decide they don't owe me anymore. Just as Christ canceled your debt... I must cancel the debts of others that have piled up against me. When Jesus was doing his sermon on the mountain, he, he gave the model prayer. Here's what he said in Matthew 6, 12. Forgive us our debts as we are. Now, first of all, he says, we read the verse where it says, forgive as, Christ, as God forgave you in Christ. Forgive as this one. Look what it says. Forgive us, Lord, as we forgive others. No, 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 don't do that, because then I'm, I'm dead meat. You're dead meat because you haven't been forgiving. Now, some people I've, I've heard about will write down, and I, actually I've done this a couple of times. I did this with my mom. I did this with a lady in another church that, that was just, just horrible to me, but I wrote a letter, and I, I wrote down all the things that they had done to me, that they took from me. And then I burned it. I never sent it because it was going to do more harm to send it. I burned it. I read about another lady who wrote down her list, and then she took it out in her backyard, and she buried it, and she put a cross on top of it, the cross of Jesus on top of it. And some of you, you may need to make a ritual out of this. You may need to have a big ceremony. You may need to invite a couple of people that that know your story, that love you, that will hold you accountable, and say, I'm canceling this debt. Make a big production out of it. That's a one-time decision. I cancel the debt. Now, here's, here's, a, here's a decision you're going to have to make over and over and over. It's number four. Refuse to reopen the case. A case is closed. I could go to a bank that I, I had a, an account at 20 years ago and say, hey, where's my account? We have no record of that because it was closed. Your feelings aren't automatically going to follow this decision, because we don't forget, right? The accuser wants to reopen the case over and over and say, remember, 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 and and you say, no. When those feelings return, face the feelings. I canceled that debt, Admit it hurt, but then refused to reopen the case. The woman who buried it in the backyard and put the cross on top, she said every time the feelings come up, she walks to the back window, she looks out at the cross, and she says, no, that debt was canceled. It's right there. I canceled the debt, Satan. You got no no spot in my... You're guarding your heart when you refuse to reopen the case. See, if you get in the habit of forgiving and canceling debts as quickly as you can, refusing to reopen the case, what's going to happen is your heart will be free. One day, one day, this doesn't happen tomorrow, but one day you'll be walking along and you'll see them, the person who, who owes you the most, And on that day, when your heart has been healed, you'll see them and anger won't spill out to you and you won't even realize it at the time. Later, you'll look back and you'll go, I didn't, the monster didn't attack. And it'll be a symbol that your heart has been healed and you have been restored, and that is the goal. Forgiveness is about you, not about them. It's guarding your heart. See, when you carry anger, you're the one who pays the price. You put yourself in a prison. I'll show them. I'll lock myself in a prison. I'll invite the accuser to live in my heart and make me miserable. I'll show them. I'll be angry the rest of my life. That'll show them how much they hurt me. Does that seem very wise? No. Can you imagine how attractive the church, new life, any church would become? If there's more and more people week in and week out whose hearts have been healed and restored, who are confessing their sins to one another and praying for one another so that they'll be healed, who are forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave us, that's the goal of the New Testament church. The reason the church is failing, nobody's seeing that type of church. They're seeing angry people, guilty people, jealous people, Greedy people. They're not seeing Jesus in us. The Bible says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the goal. Did you bow your heads? Ask you some questions. How's your heart today? Are you mad at anyone? Do you have a short fuse? If you were to ask your friends if you have anger issues, do you already know what they would say? Are you constantly blaming others for your anger? And then here's two big ones. Would you be willing to make a list of what you think people owe you? And then biggest question. Would you be willing to obey your heavenly father and get rid of that list? Would you be willing to cancel that debt? Some of you are one decision away from freedom and a restored heart. Father, in this moment, invade our hearts with your word. Pierce as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and judge the thoughts and intentions of our hearts right now and reveal to us if we're carrying guilt, if we're carrying anger. And then God, give us, give us a burning desire to be free. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.